Happy Star Wars Day, everybody. May the 4th be with you. Welcome to the Ultimate Star Wars episode. We're going to do a bunch of rankings of the films, lightsabers, lightsaber battles, action sequences, and worst moments. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast. It is the Star Wars Day celebration episode, and today we're going to rank all sorts of Star Wars content. We're going to do the movies, best fights, best duels, best battles, worst moments, best moments. So there's just like lightsabers. So many lists in this episode. Because it is the biggest brand in entertainment probably is Star right Wars. Right now, it's, I would say Star Wars. Gotta be. Yeah, I can't you know, think of anything that even I mean, honestly Marvel, comes close. Marvel's close. I mean, but I think Star I think Wars. Mar- is I think Star Wars really has merch on a different level from from Marvel's merch. Hell I yeah, think, dude! I mean, yes, the cosplayers with Marvel, but I think in terms of actual physical merch, I don't think anyone can even compete with yeah, with Star Wars. They move a lot of helmets, yeah. Let alone Although shirts it, and toys and stuff. It is all the same company, so it's really what's the yeah. point of competing? But in terms of a brand, yeah, yeah. Star Wars is the biggest brand in the history of entertainment, probably. I would say so. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just changed the world, and we've done like eight episodes on Star Wars, at least talking about the films and everything, Rogue One, whatever, TV shows, Mandalorians, so they are just... Whatever. They're always killing it. They make a ton of money, but today is a special day because it's May the 4th. Star and Wars obviously, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I mean, Star Wars changed film history, and yeah. a lot of what we have now is because of George Lucas in his first few films, really changing the landscape of how films can be made and the potential of visual effects and storytelling. And, you know, he really started something so special, and it's a testament to that to see how big the IP has become because I remember when you and I were young, we weren't really Star Wars people, and we only had a handful of friends, a couple of friends that were, like, big Star Wars fans, and so... Nowadays, what's interesting is that even though they were the most successful movie franchise of the time, right now, it's bigger and more widespread than ever before. So it's a brand that keeps on growing. Now, if you don't like Star Wars, you get beat up at school. <laughs> There's something wrong. Yeah, you get beat up. You're the fucking nerd. <laughs> Instead of Eric Foreman, the biggest nerd loving Star Wars and building the Death Star and everything. So I think it's it's so crazy how much it changed, but it just speaks volumes to the characters and the world and the lore that George Lucas created because... Everyone knows Star Wars all around the planet. It's the most this adored planet. IP yeah, this planet <laughs> on the planet for sure. And we're going to talk about We're going to do a bunch Which of rankings. Which list would you like to do first? Why don't we start big and start with the movies? Oh, yeah. I know we're going to piss some people off. Sorry, Dawson. <laughs> Dawson and Jacob are already Should we start it? Right. So there's been 11 feature-length films. Uh-huh. We're doing the live, live action, action ones. Yeah. And, and we, again... As many of you probably know, we've never watched a TV show, so we can't rank those. We're not ranking never them. Never seen Clone, Wear, yeah. Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Clone Wars. <laughs> Clone Wars. Clone Wars. I'll get around to it at what's, some what's point. What's that Clone Wars show? It's we're, the Clone Wars. very busy, okay? <laughs> very busy. Now, let's start with the rankings. At number 11, we're going to open up with Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. I think this, I think this is kind of a no-brainer for a bottom of the list, if not last, somewhere near there for most people. You know, it's got great elements. I'm just going to say, that, like, they're, they're not bad movies, any of these in the lower of the list. They're just not the great ones, but... Something needs to be 11, yeah. and I think it's easy to put Attack of the Clones. <laughs> you got to put think something down there. It's easily the weakest link out of every Star Wars. So I don't care what you think about the sequels. You could hate the sequels, but you got to say, you can't deny Attack of the Clones, for the most part, is without a doubt the weakest Star Wars film. Attack of the Clones is Officer Doofy, man. Yeah. <laughs> Special <laughs> Officer, I told you not to disturb me when I'm cleaning my room. Officer Doofy, reporting for duty. <laughs> I don't think the visual effects were really up to par in a lot of the sequences. It looks, it looked good as a kid, but um, I don't think they've aged that well. I think out of the prequels, Revenge of the Sith, without a doubt, has aged the best in terms of its visual effects and CGI. The other two are still tolerable, but I would say actually Attack of the Clones looks weaker than Phantom Menace. Let's get to number 10 on this list. We have Solo, a Star Wars movie. Now, this is the only Star Wars movie to technically lose money at the box office. This oh was God. not a successful film. I think it grossed like less than $250 million globally. Let me, let me double check on that. Jesus Christ. Solo, a Star Wars story. You have Star Wars box in the name and you get nothing. But I mean, it's, it's a. So okay, while you look that I'm up. sorry, $390 million at the global box office. It probably still lost money. Oh, for sure. I mean, the amount of money they invested in it, the reshoots, um, they did. Uh, months of reshoots. $275 million budget. That's yeah. just the filming budget, not so, the marketing. And on top of that, I just found the story, honestly, the story was uninteresting. It was just 
kind of just like meh. I didn't like Han Solo, an origin story for Han Solo. I didn't like how, I mean, we get the origin of his name, and it's just a desk clerk it says Solo. Yeah. Your name is Han Solo, and the twelve I, parsecs is, the, is is that the Kessel Run twelve parsecs Kessel Run that pissed like, me off because like, it's just like I know it shows that he's a fraud, which you know is part of the character, but still, those are things that I don't want to know. And the the thing that I did not like the most about this film was that. Han Solo played a part in sparking the rebellion. I was like, come on, really? Come on, come on. Come on. Come on. But I do like how they brought the Western elements back to yeah. Star Wars with it. And all the, I do think that Alden Ehrenreich was a good choice. I think he did, did a good job trying to play the role after, obviously, Harrison Ford. I think he did a, a pretty decent job. The cast is super talented. Um... Yeah, and I just didn't. I didn't like that. Like that bounty hunter gang ended up being good guys, and I was just like, this movie is just like, ah, whatever. Yeah, they took off their masks, and they're like, where the and where, I mean, where the resistance? I think the the they were so into like, oh, we're already planning the sequel. It's like, let's save Darth Maul for the very end. Like, just make Darth Maul the villain. You guys would have made two billion dollars. You guys would have made a billion dollars if Darth Maul was in that movie for two hours. I guarantee it. But no, they had to be like, we're setting this up for a sequel. So. Yeah, solo Star Wars story, meh. I forgot Darth Maul was in that. Yep. Was he? Was it a post credit scene? It's at the very end. He's he, what Amelia Clark's character talks to. Oh, him. On, yeah, yeah. You're right, dude. Can you imagine? They they uh, FaceTime. That's right. Yeah, they, yeah. they 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 force. <laughs> I mean, Galactus the Galactic Space Time. Yeah. I forgot that Darth Maul was in that. What a missed opportunity. <laughs> Freaking Disney, man. You over, They're always overthinking they everything. For, they had him in the movie for fucking 20 seconds. He's the villain. I'm in that seat day exactly. one. Day one. If people would have been lining up. Guess how many people were lining up for Solo? Zero. Not many. <laughs> Hardly any. But again, so even it made under $400 million in the global box office, $300 million budget plus yes. marketing. That's not a profitable a doozy. film. That is the only film that Star Wars has ever lost money on probably. Moving on to number nine. We have episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. And again, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but I think of the origi- of the new trilogy, this is probably my least favorite. Uh-huh. Personally, it's got great production value, great sequences, but I think for what they did to a lot of the characters, it really irked me, specifically what they did with, with Finn, how his storyline just became not very important, and the expectations of that character going forward in the trilogy, I had his trajectory to be like such an important part of the resistance in potential Jedi to now he's just kind of a side character and then pushing the forced romance between Ray and Kylo Ren in the third act of the film. Uh, that irked me as well. Where'd this come from? So irked after all their force. <laughs> James was irked. Their force FaceTiming led to this, I guess. And I just didn't love how, they got. I felt lazy. It was lazy to bring Palpatine back. And obviously, we know they didn't have a plan of what who Ray was gonna be. They were just like so ambiguous because they didn't fucking know until they wrote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I was disappointed by a lot of the big reveals and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, overall. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest op- missed opportunity for the sequel trilogy was um, not not doubling down on Kylo Ren being the ultimate big bad. I think that it could have been a lot better if they just went full villain with Kylo in this film, replacing. Um, Snope, and then it's Kylo's the fucking bad guy, and that's it. And it could have been Ray and Finn, and um, <laughs> Oscar Isaac versus him. That would have been a lot better. Um, you mean Snoke? Snoke. I was gonna say Snope. <laughs> Snoke. I'm sorry. Like I think it's the wrong letter. <laughs> it's uh, whatever. Everyone's cringing. Although right I now. will say, and so, and I also didn't like the ending how how Ray defeated Palpatine just by like crossing the lightsabers together to stop his lightning and. Like push it back to him. I thought it was going to be like a Jedi thing that she was going to do. Well, she had all the Jedi inside her. I know. I, I get it. I get it. But she, I mean, this it was, it was just like, it, it was confusing for me. Moving on. To but the, I will oh. say, I actually like this movie for the most part. And I watched this film in theaters, and I had a good time. I laughed. I found it exciting, even from a little nitpicky things here and there. I actually enjoyed the film. I like all these movies. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. We're just you know, we gotta, how dare we you? Gotta rank them. There's got they got someone's there's, gonna be eight. There's gonna be a nine, and someone's gotta be eight. And for us, it's Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. We love this movie so much when we were kids. It was we the perfect age, nine years old when it came out. Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan Kenobi, young young Anakin, Padme, you young know. Annie. I, I thought it was incredible. We were enthralled by it. We had the game for Nintendo 64. Had a blast. But, you know, when you get older on rewatches, you know, the visual effects at the time were phenomenal, but they don't hold up very well. Jar Jar Binks' character is pretty cringe. So this was clearly, like, 
felt like a big time, like of all of them, the most kids movie of them all, possibly. However, it has probably the best lightsaber duel in the entire franchise, if not the second best in it with Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul at the end. It's awesome. Duel of Fates, baby. Duel of Fates. Oh, my God. One of the best sequences in the Star Wars franchise of all time. I would say this definitely has one of the weaker screenplays, too. And one of the biggest, just the huge plot hole is, you know how the droid army shows up to take out, like, Amidala and her, and her people? Yeah, as we are, the droids. Yeah. <laughs> they, what do they do? They show up in the middle of nowhere. Why don't you show up at the city? If you're trying to take the queen, go get the queen. Like, what the hell? It makes no sense. They, like, they show up in a fucking giant field, like, across the planet. I was, like, looking back, when I watched it again, like, a couple years ago, I was like, that makes no sense. Like, if you're trying to destroy this civilization, just go to the city and destroy it. And then also, it's revealed that Queen Amidala was elected democratically, and she's, like, 15. (laughs) Why was she elected? Who would vote for a teenager to be your leader? I don't know. I, th- I thought she was... Uh... <laughs> no, it's democratic. She was gotcha. democratically elected. It's revealed in, I think, uh, in, with dialogue in the second one. Well, I don't think her character's 15. She, well, she's, she's just... Fi- she... Natalie Portman's just 15, 14 years old. No, in the first one, I feel like she's, like, 16. I think so. I don't think the character's, like, supposed to be that young. Let me let me Google how old she is. There's this funny trend that I saw recently where, you know, remember the droids, how they sound like, hello, we are the droids. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, there's <laughs> Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Miley, Cyrus <laughs> Miley Cyrus is, like, talking about, like, the music and something like this about one of her songs. And it cuts to a droid, we are the droids, and we are blah, blah, blah. Like, a scene from <laughs> Phantom Menace. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh she my sounds God. just like them. <laughs> 14 years old. No, the character. Padme Amidala is 14 years old. She's the 14-year-old queen of Naboo. Well, maybe they have short life expectancies on Naboo. (laughs) 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 Everyone dies at age 20. She's an elder. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, 14-year-old elected queen. So really, they blew blew up a planet of tweens. (laughs) No, I completely lost it. Michael Sarah's dead. <laughs> Sick reference, bro. You referenced wrong. It's wrong. This is the end. <laughs> Who, Kip, how much coke have I wasted on you people? <laughs> Who has my phone? Oh, I found it. It's in my pocket. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> that might be my favorite reference I've ever done. This is a good not, one. Not completely lost. Very Michael specific. Sarah's dead. Very specific one. <laughs> That's an obscure ass quote. That's a deep track of this is the end. <laughs> All right, moving on to number seven. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven on the list, we have Star Wars Episode Seven. Oh, The Force Awakens. Force I, Awakens was. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought it's a great. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's just, it, overall, the trilogy, the new trilogy, is, is just not my cup of tea when it comes to comparing it to the original trilogy. But I think Force Awakens, we've talked about a bunch, is super entertaining, so well made. J.J. Abrams rebooting another just loved IP into the cinematic verse. Obviously, he did it with Star Trek as well. And I think that Star Wars The Force Awakens made Star Wars cool. It made people super excited about the future of the brand going forward with the future of the, of the trilogy and obviously all the TV shows and the characters. So Force Awakens is awesome, even though it is a new hope. And even though the entire trilogy is based off the fact that the end of Return of the Jedi, when everything's great and the Jedi are chilling, they just like, oh, fuck it all up. Like, let's just fuck do it. it. <laughs> fuck, fuck the Jedi and, and their peace. Luke, Luke's a... Left and he's on an island. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. it. More destruction. Let's do it. Even though it's you know they just hit the reset button, yeah. they had to yeah, yeah, they yeah. had to basically end everything that was done in the original trilogy in order to do another one. Yeah, yeah. That pisses me off about the new trilogy. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people feel yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah. But they're gonna do it, so there's nothing we can, we can do except just complain about it on our yeah. podcast. <laughs> but I, I still I think this movie is fucking awesome, honestly. Yeah, I think this movie was a lot of fun, and I remember seeing it in theaters just being blown away and being like, that was fucking awesome. Um. It has a lot of great elements. I love the cast. The actors are really talented, and they all did really phenomenal jobs in their roles. I liked everybody, and I'm the ensemble was fantastic. I will say two things why we have it pretty low on the list is because it basically is a carbon copy of A New Hope. It hits a lot of the same beats, and it's just so sometimes it's too familiar for it to really stand on its own. Hits all the same beats. Yeah, pretty much all <laughs> the same beats. And then also, J.J. Abrams with his fucking mysteries... 
So many mysteries! And lens flares. Oh my god, I like the lens flares, they're cool. Sometimes there's a little much. But, so, like Star Trek 2, there's like, bro, turn it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Dutch angles are, are fucking badass, though. But I mean, the, so I'm okay with a couple of mysteries. I mean, there are some great, there are great movies, and the mysteries are, they help entice you to keep watching them again. Mystery and boxes. The mystery box of J.J. Abrams. In this movie, how did the First Order rise to power? Mystery box. Where did Maz Kanata find Luke Skywalker's lightsaber? Mystery box. Why does Rey see visions and hear Obi-Wan Kenobi when she touches the lightsaber? Mystery box. Uh, who are the Knights of Ren? Mystery box. What are they even doing? Mystery box. Who is Supreme Leader Snoke and where did he come from? Mystery, Mystery box. box. <laughs> Why did Rey get left on Jakku? Mystery box. Just too many mysteries. Snoke they didn't even answer until I think it was Andor where they revealed like who he is and where he My came from. Oh my god, so many mysteries. It just like It's just like it makes it like kind of o- overwhelming and like it makes me like not care about any of them you know what i mean yeah it's not like when you get like a pack of lollipops and one of them is the question mark one you're like i wonder what it's gonna be and then you're like coconut <laughs> i like coconut one no but it doesn't taste well sometimes like the artificial coconuts like ugh, cherry <laughs> cherry i gave just kidding I cherry love, sucks i love all flavors of lollipops but you know those are fun but when there's 17 in one movie it's like <laughs> Come if, on, the, man. if the whole pack of lollipops was mystery pops i'd be like I'm not i don't want to do this not buying this <laughs> <laughs> that's a good but point one mystery box lolly yeah. one mystery lollipop i fuck with too that. many goddamn mystery boxes man there's <laughs> too many and there's too many star wars movies Just let's two, get on, two mysteries is fine let's get on to number six in our list we have rogue one a star wars movie this one it's a star wars story Huh? <laughs> you said a Star Wars movie. Oh. <laughs> Rogue One, a Star Wars movie. <laughs> it's a Star Wars movie. And a Star Wars story. I'm surprised they didn't do that, Doug. We did a great episode on this. It was kind of good cop, bad cop, where Anthony's not a huge fan of it. I got it. destroyed on TikTok for it. But I really enjoyed this film. I think aesthetically, it, it's one of the best-looking Star Wars films since Empire Strikes Back, probably. And I think the characters are great, and the filmmaking is tremendous. But just what they they kind of just changed the tone and style of Star Wars with this film, and I think they knocked it out of the park. They're really firing on all cylinders, and I really it was enjoyed authentic. it. And it's I, I think it's really cool how the story is just started from one of the text crawls in the opening of one of the films, which is the original of the first film, right? First film, first film, the text crawl. Uh, that uh, rebel rebel forces stole the Death Star it, plans, <laughs> <laughs> and then who was it? Was it the the composer? Not not the composer. Wasn't it Kasdan? One of the it was like a sound designer on the first film pitched this as a movie. Oh, did he? I didn't know. It that. was either an did editor they? or a sound designer. I can't remember who it was. It wasn't Kasdan, but it was someone uh, like below Topless uh, Crew. It was someone, yeah. But they were important to the film. They pr- pitched this. But then Disney was like, "You're not writing it." <laughs> <laughs> cool idea, bro. You're not writing it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, could I write it? Mm, no. Uh, it was my idea, though, right? Uh, it's in the text crawl. So technically, is it your idea? <laughs> Did that guy can't even get paid? <laughs> I'm sure he got it a little bit. <laughs> he got a pat on the back. He pitched it. He got the uh, uh, <laughs> fucking diehard pat in the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Rogue One a lot. I think it's really great. Um, everything you said as well, and it's not that I don't like it. I just didn't. I don't find it to be as sensational as uh, many people find it. I think John it's, I think Null. It's really good. John Null. John Null. Visual effects. That's what he worked on. Uh-huh. He was like the visual effects guy for the uh, OGs. He, he did the text crawl. He's been obsessing over it for years. <laughs> <laughs> He's been staring at it in his bedroom for two decades. <laughs> There's something here. <laughs> Moving on to top five now. Number five on our list is Star Wars. Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Relax, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Take a breath. Anthony, explain why we have this at number 5. As hated and ridiculed as it is, I do. I found it to be an interesting movie and an interesting direction for things to go. I, didn't, I don't think it worked in every regard, but, you know, I thought it was uh, one of the best-crafted films in the franchise, if not the best-crafted film. Um, the acting was phenomenal. I, thought, I think it has a lot of charm to it. I like Kylo in this film and his rise into power and also rise. rise. <laughs> I like the the saber sequences. I like Luke versus Kylo at the end, and then I like the interactions of like this force facetiming that Kylo and Rey do. I thought it was a really ingenious thing that um, Ryan Johnson put into the Star Wars lore, and I thought it was just really way to connect two characters who are powerful with the force. And then I think J.J. did a great job compounding on that in Rise of Skywalker where you actually have them interacting in the spaces and actually fighting using that force space timing. So I think that was a really smart idea 
um, that had never been done before. I also really enjoyed seeing Puppet Yoda back. I thought that was really great to see. And ultimately, you get to factor in, like, J Ryan Johnson is building off of what J.J. left him. J.J. left him Luke Skywalker alone on an island. And so that informed a lot of... Drinking titty milk. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like Ryan Johnson put him on that island. Alien titty milk. I think I, I do think that Johnson gets a little too much hate because he did not write Force Awakens. That movie was written by J.J. Abrams and Kasdan, and they put Luke Skywalker alone on an island, isolated by himself. Great job, guys. So And didn't put the original trio, trio yeah, in the scene together. Exactly. Great job, guys. Yeah. So I, I think that Ryan Johnson gets too much hate because he did not do that. He was just building off of what Abram, a, a, Abrams left him. And that's how do you explain Luke Skywalker being by himself all this time? The whole first film was like Luke Skywalker. Nobody's seen him in years. You know, it's not like jo Johnson did that. He was doing the best he could with what was given to him. I thought it was an interesting take, and I, I'm just saying, yes, it did not work all the time, but I thought it was a really solid movie. I loved it when I saw it in theaters, and I think it does have rewatch value. Um, and ultimately, I found Snoke's death to be surprising. And shocking in a good way. But again, like I said earlier, I found it very disappointing that they didn't double down on Kylo being the ultimate villain. I had no idea this was your favorite movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Dawson, I can feel you shaking with anger. I, think I can it, feel your the biggest anger. Weaknesses it are, gives you power. I think the biggest weaknesses for this movie are for sure the script. You know, some head-scratching things go on. But visually, I think it's stunning. So well made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything you said, sure. But, I, I mean, I don't like the slow motion chase. I don't like that at all. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Let's move on to number four on our list, getting to the good ones. Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Dawson, relax, bud. <laughs> Just kidding. Costler, this is his favorite, too. No, it's his revenge. Is it? Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think this is number two, though. For who? For him. Yeah. Well, Return of the Jedi, we still love. Oh, It's yeah. a great conclusion. We put it number four of all 11 movies. I just think that it takes a little too long. Tell me why you hate it. It takes a little too long <laughs> to get to the best part of the film, which is Luke versus Darth Vader. Sure. And if you take that scene with Palpatine, you take that sequence out of it, the movie's kind of weak in a lot of areas, specifically with the Ewoks fighting the Imperial forces. But I, I think that that sequence of Darth and Luke being reunited and then be, taking him to Palpatine's dope-ass Studio office. <laughs> <laughs> Studio office. Lair. Wait, that that sequence. <laughs> yeah, it's a lair. Yeah, lair. Okay, it's yeah, a lair. he's a villain. It's a lair. Are you questioning lair after you said studio office? It was a joke, first of all. <laughs> no, it was a joke after you said it. Studio office is a joke. He's obviously on the fucking giant ship in space, dude. It's a lair. It is a lair, but I feel layers are something that are on physical ground. It's not physical? No, like on on a planet, like on on the ground. No, a layer can just be like any like huge imposing interior. Let's see a if layer has to be a place where blah 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 blah. Say it. No, Say it's, it. It's, it's about <laughs> aliens. <laughs> Say it. Well, I mean, technically, like a burial place, a graveyard, a a, pl a hangout spot for bad guys is a lair. Secret private place in which a person, person, especially a criminal or enemy, takes refuge. Must, All right, must be on the ground. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I guess cannot, you cannot be in the Death Star or on a giant ship in space. I guess you're right, James. Yeah. Sorry, that's in the dictionary. No, my bad, my bad. I dictionary. didn't know. <laughs> it's a fucking lair. It's an office. <laughs> but I mean, that sequence is so powerful and moving, and it's it leads. It's the culmination of these three great movies, and I feel like when you think about the sequences outside of this part of the film. Like I said, not as strong all around, especially the ending. It's just a little too, you know, jubilant, I guess, kind yeah, of, which yeah, is yeah. like a, what's wrong with it being jubilant and fun? Yeah. I think it's just feels like a kid's movie at times, even though it is a kid's movie, but you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I so but I still love it. It's still great. No, yeah. Um, Sarlacc in the beginning, Job of the Hood's great. Yeah. The 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 Sarlacc battle is fantastic. It's, it's a highlight of the whole franchise and Luke revealing himself as a master. A Jedi Knight, not a Master, but a Jedi Knight is really fantastic. And the like, like you said, the entire sequence, Vader, Luke, Palpatine, is really phenomenal and is really the strength of the film and why I really enjoy the film. And if it didn't have that, I think it would be really weak. Now, there are a couple of things. I think that it can be very slow and boring at times. And then um, I feel like there are things that were done just for the sake of doing them in this film. One of them is 
Now, I know that there's lore of explaining what happened in between this film and the last film, I know, but also that was written after the fact. And so I'm just, I just think that Luke waiting this long to, to meet, to talk to Yoda about Darth Vader revealing himself as his father, it's been years. And I found that to be, every time I watch this film, I'm like, why is Luke waiting until now to finally ask Yoda about Vader being his father and confirming it? Um, and I know that stories have been written about Luke, what was Luke, what Luke was doing in between these times, but I just think that, you know, that's like covering a band-aid, and ultimately it doesn't make sense to me why Luke wouldn't go straight to Yoda and be like, yo, what's going on? Is this guy my dad or not? And also to not finish tra- to do more training with Yoda, it didn't make any sense to me. So for him finally going back to Yoda for the first time in this film, since the last film, that always rubs me the wrong way of not really making any sense. Yeah, we went into more detail and stuff yeah. like that when we did the individual episodes. Again, still love this movie. Yeah, yeah. We're just pointing yeah. out, we're not critiquing the movies overall. We're just pointing out why they're not the number one list. This, spot yeah, spot. I can't put Return as number one. But we still love this movie. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a Just great like movie. we love the top three so much. So yeah. number three on our list is Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, which <clears> has <throat> some of the greatest moments from favorite characters. I mean, the, the Obi-Wan, Anakin storytelling devices in this film and their their characters go through so much in this movie and so many memorable moments that culminate into that incredible lava planet battle in the third act of this film. Sensational stuff. And I think this is one of the most entertaining of the entire franchise. Another layer. Some of the dialogue obviously is a little cheesy and corny here and there, just like all of them, all they are in the prequels that, you know, those three movies. Yeah. Some of the dialogue is a little cheese, pretty cheese ball. But the rise of, you know, we have Palpatine, we have Anakin, we have Obi-Wan, and I, I think this movie is incredible. I love the opening sequence as well. And just seeing the rise or the fall rise. of Anakin and the rise of Darth Vader in the second half of this movie is sensational. And giving into the enticement of the dark side by Palpatine is incredible. And I love this movie. I mean, aside from Duel of Fates in the first one, Revenge of the Sith, I think, has all the best moments of the prequel trilogy, all packed into this movie. And for the most part, it is really fantastic, entertaining, entertaining, um, thought-provoking. The characters are fantastic, and I I love the arcs of, of, I I love the arc of Anakin, ultimately his villain arc in this film. And it it is very rewatchable, and the fights are terrific. The CGI, I think, holds up really well to this day. And it's definitely got a lot of not just the best moments from the prequels, but a lot of the best moments from the entire franchise in it, which is saying a lot. Plus, I mean, Count Dooku, his assassination by Anakin under Palpatine's orders are incredible. Great fight sequences. Obi-Wan's beard is tremendous. (laughs) And just the lava fight, man. It's my favorite duel in the entire franchise. Yeah, it's great. It's epic. I have the high ground. It's so quotable. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's become the like the biggest Star Wars meme. The all their dialogue. Love it. Love it so much. Number two on our list is Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, which used to be known as just Star Wars when it first came out. Incredible story. This started it all. Wholly original in a cinematic landscape. Nothing really ever ever been done at this scale before. George Lucas changed cinema forever. You've changed, changed things. Forever. Hollywood and entertainment around the world forever with this incredible film. Love it so much. Number two, obviously. I mean, there's not much else to say besides yeah. it's just a, an incredible film. Yeah, Great it's, characters. It's, uh, it's without a doubt one of the greatest science fiction films ever made and expertly crafted by a team that very few people believed in or even understood what they were doing. Um, but Lucas's vision was undeniable. And then when you saw it on screen, I mean, I'm sure everybody was like, oh, that's what he was talking about. <laughs> it's really it's really fantastic and an all-timer and one of the most, I would say, most important films made of all time because of its impact on cinema, without a doubt. And number one on our list, that oh, leaves yeah. only Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. This is a perfect fucking movie. Oh, yeah. It is the best Star Wars movie. This past year, we did all three and individually mm-hmm. and... We had done Star Wars episodes before, but we, you know, took time to watch them over and over and over again for like the 15th time each. But on this specific rewatch of the original trilogy this past year, I realized... You were torn. I was torn between A New Hope and Empire. Empire is the clear frontrunner in my book for the best of the franchise. It's incredible. 
It is paced so well, written so well, aesthetically has the best cinematography and I think production design of all the franchise's films. I think they just brought so much artistic integrity to the fil- to the franchise with this movie. Not that the first one didn't have it, but this one's incredible. It's really special. Yeah. And I, I think it's just hands down the best of all the Star Wars content ever. I agree with everything you just said, and plus it has one of the greatest moments in film history and possibly the greatest film twist of all time, and that's Darth Vader's reveal of being Luke's father. That is, without a doubt, one of the best moments of cinema history. Imagine seeing ever. that in theaters. Your head probably would have exploded. I know, right? Imagine that. Like, holy crap. Even the uh, the other cast didn't know. When they saw the film's premiere, they, they didn't know that Vader was his father. Pre-social media, yeah. pre-culture, zeitgeist talking about it for four decades, three decades, yeah. where everyone like knows, even though if you've never seen Star Wars, you know yeah. who Darth Vader is. I mean, when, whenever you talk about the best film twists of all time, you've got to argue that that could be the best one ever. Like, I knew he was his father, but I did, I'd never seen them before. Exactly. You, kid, grew, but, you grew up knowing that. But yeah. I was waiting for it to happen, but like that would have blown my mind, man. But I think it's, it's really, from what I... From what I can see from... I've seen all these movies a bunch of times, and Empire Strikes Back, it encompasses all the best parts about Star Wars into a really perfectly crafted story. Um, And I don't think that there can... I think that there can never be a Star Wars movie that's better than Empire Strikes Back. I don't think so either, I don't think it's possible because it is a perfect movie. And because they killed everyone off. Yeah, that's true. That's true, too. (laughs) And, of course, R.I.P. Carrie Fisher. All right, that's our films list, but that's just one of the few lists we have going on today. Let's get into a funner one. Yeah. The, the colorful one, because you color-coordinated it. Best lightsabers in the movies, specifically. Mm-hmm. And I ranked six. Let's hear them, man. So number six, I have Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Really cool, interesting, something new we'd never seen before. I think they when the they gauntlet, when yeah. they rebooted it, they're like, we got to do something cool. Triple, saber, obviously one's like really long, like the little T, the upside-down T. I thought it was awesome design. I, I love it. I think the cross is really cool. Uh, and the sound design, they did an excellent job. Number five, we have Luke's Jedi Knight lightsaber. This is his green lightsaber that he unveils in Return of the Jedi after he's repaired his old one, and now it's green. Oh, yeah. He's wearing the black outfit with the green saber. It's just a badass What look. a look, man. It's great. What a look. Number four, we have Mace Windu's purple lightsaber because Samuel L. Jackson wanted a purple lightsaber, and you don't tell, n- say no to Samuel L. Jackson. True. true so that. Mace Windu got a purple lightsaber. He's the only one with it. Then we have number three, Darth Vader. Anakin modded the shit out of his one of his sabers, <laughs> probably to turn it red with the dark side of the Force. Love it. And obviously, it's just Darth Vader's lightsaber. It's just super badass. Yeah, the first thing, he, the first time he lights it up in. Um... Uh, Empire. It's just a really amazing moment. Absolutely. And that's also another reason why Empire's like that fight, even though obviously the choreography is very crude to what we're used to nowadays, still, that's a really well done fight, narratively. Oh yeah. Very significant moment. Number two, we have Anakin's blue lightsaber, which has traversed many films in the Star Wars franchise. With no explanation at all. Yeah, ending up in the hands (laughs) (laughs) of Rey Palpatine, Rey Skywalker by the end of the new trilogy. Wielding Anakin's blue lightsaber. And then number one, Darth Maul's lightsaber. Oh, yeah. Fucking dual lightsaber. So badass. Beyond cool. I mean, the first time we saw this as kids, blew our minds. Yeah. It was incredible to see. And everyone wanted Darth Maul's lightsaber. So cool. I don't think anyone's surprised about that pick. Yeah. So those are our top six lightsabers in the films. Oh, yeah. In the films. Okay. Now we have rankings, but they're not really in order. It's just their lists of things. Just lists. So, well, actually, I mean, this might be a ranking. I think I might have ranked it in order on this. So, Let's best, see what you got. best duels. So, best duels we have at number one, two, three, four, five, six. I seven, disagree eight, with your first nine, pick ten. and second. Okay, well, we'll get there. So, yeah. number 10, we have the Jedi versus the droids in the uh, that huge gladiator arena in uh, Attack of the Clones. The Really, the only really good part of that movie. <laughs> and it's just awesome to see so many so many Jedi in one fight. And I found that to be just like mind-blowing as a kid. Really, we gotta, really we gotta fun. stop saying mind-blowing. I think we said it too many times. My yeah, fault. It is. I said it three times. How dare you? There are other words. Now it's in the back of my head. <laughs> and I keep saying, I keep going to it. But I mean, yeah, it's a great moment. Wasn't that nuts just seeing that? It's so cool, man. You know what it was? Mind blowing. <laughs> no, it was cool. Head exploding. <laughs> and then we have Luke versus Kylo at the end of Last Jedi. I thought it was really interesting. Is that a duel? Yeah, we call it a duel. How? 
I, I guess because they're it's a, yeah, it's a fight. It's a duel. Yeah. How is it? I mean, why is it not a duel? Just because they don't touch? Well, they're not offensively using weapons on their own accord. Kylo is just directing his his captain to shoot at. No, Luke. no, no. Uh, when they step, when Kylo steps out. Which movie are you talking about? Last Jedi, Luke versus Kylo. Luke and, and Luke fools him. That's what I mean. Luke's yeah. not even there. No, but I mean it's still a duel. Is it though? Yeah. Well, I think it's cool. I think it's. I think it was a really cool idea. I think it's a cool idea to force I, I, fight him. It was surprising, but yeah. I, I guess I guess it's a duel. It's a duel. Someone's there. He's attacking and he's playing defense. He's just dodging him. It's an, it's an attack and a dodge. It's it's the requirements for a a, a fight. I would say. What's wait? What scene are you talking when, about? When when Kylo Ren steps out and faces Luke Skywalker at the end of the last, you still don't know what I'm talking about. And he and then when when Kylo stabs him, he's like, oh, he's a force. He's force uh, ghosting himself. Oh, over. all right, yeah. Well, still, like that's what I thought you were talking about. But I I thought you made it sound like they're like having a lightsaber battle. Well, no, I mean when they when he faced them, I I mean I just said it's not really a they're not touching. I said. Whatever. So if you don't think said. it's a, if you if you don't think it's a duel, it's not a duel. It's a duel. No, no, Anthony. We'll keep it a duel. <laughs> don't, don't I'm winking, like that. I'm winking to the crowd. <laughs> Shut up. Great. It's it's a great duel, guys. Hold <laughs> <laughs> Do you did you think it was a duel when you were watching it? Not really. You didn't think it was a duel. Not really. So when Kylo was attacking Luke and Luke's dodging him, the first time you saw this movie, you thought that it was not a duel. I think the only what what. Classifies a fight as a duel is both forces, both opposing sides have to have, if not equal, just offensive weapons being used. I understand what you're saying, but yeah. what, what I'm saying is, when you watch this movie, and before it was revealed that Luke wasn't really there, did you think it was a duel? I think it was going to eventually be a duel. Before I knew he was a force ghost or a spirit, I know, but didn't it feel like a duel? But it, for, for me, it's not. It doesn't <laughs> classify a duel. <laughs> I'm just asking you. I'm not. I know what your classification is. I'm asking you, when you were watching it live in the theater and Kylo was attacking Luke, did you think it was a duel? No, because I didn't see no fucking lightsaber come from Luke. He pulled his lightsaber out. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, my God. You just, just move on. Did you think they were fighting in the movie while it was happening? Sure. Yes. <laughs> so don't sit there and tell me that you were like, there's no way Luke's actually there. He definitely force ghosted himself over there. You thought it was a real duel, so therefore it counts. Okay, okay. Jesus Christ. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see a lightsaber. He fucking pulls out his lightsaber. First fucking thing he did. Next duel. <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi versus General <laughs> General Grievous. <laughs> Which one? The first one or second one? They're both great. Return of the Jedi. No, I mean, um, I mean uh, the first fight. Revenge. Uh, the 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 the, the Obi Wan by himself. Yeah, by himself Grievous. with the when he's got four sabers. Gotcha. I still I like the first one with Anakin as well. I think that's really cool when they're trying to save um, Palpatine. That's a good one too. I just think like when he pulls out all the arms. It's yeah. Like, oh shit! Do you ever see that meme where someone put like fifty arms on him? <laughs> <laughs> it's like twenty sabers attacking attacking Obi Wan. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great fight and I love Obi-Wan just on a side quest it's so cool yeah so uncivilized <laughs> moving on to Rey Skywalker versus Kylo Ren from I'm guessing the first one from a For Force Awakens yeah this is pretty good yeah you're right because this really changed the game for lightsaber fighting going forward with all the practical effects they were implementing and how practical great lighting. it looked yeah and so I thought that it looked terrific and I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was great, yeah. man. Yeah, it was awesome. And then, I mean, how awesome was it when she caught the saber, man? Pretty badass. Like, the entire crowd fucking erupted. I don't care what you think about Ray Skywalker. I know that when she caught that lightsaber, you were like, oh, shit. Next up, we have Yoda versus Dooku in Attack of the Clones. At the end of the film, they have an excellent battle. And for the first time, we got to see Yoda do his thing, bouncing around, using his force powers. It was a lot of fun to see that. Very cool. And then Yoda versus Palpatine, also an equally cool fight. That was I liked that one a lot. I remember as a kid seeing that, like, this is fucking insane. I love when Yoda walks in and then he just force slams that guy against the wall. Yeah. Like, oh, here we go. Yeah, let's it's, go. It's badass. And then Vader hallway scene in Rogue One, even though it's not technically a duel. We still gotta throw it in there because it's gotta put it in sick. there. It's yeah, epic. yeah, yeah. yeah. The saber's being used. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's no contest there. Who's gonna yeah. win though? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's just the best scene in the entire franchise, honestly. Yeah, I. Right. It's it's definitely up there for all time scenes. Next up, we have Vader versus Luke. Uh, their first fight in Empire Strikes Back. 
the second fight, I would say it doesn't really, I mean, I wouldn't put it as the top 10 because Luke doesn't really want to attack. Um, in this fight, he is really going after Vader, so it's a terrific sequence. I love the moving of environments, and the set pieces are really phenomenal. They just blew me away when I see, whenever I watch this, I'm like, this, this fight is just so fucking awesome. The next one is my favorite fight, and it's Anakin versus Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith in the third act. I think it's incredible. I love the next one, the uh, Duel of the Fates. Obviously, Darth Maul versus Obi-Wan Qui-Gon. It's hard to, it's hard to see which one That is one's just short. Yeah. It's a lot shorter than Revenge of the Sith. You're right. Yeah. So I think that's why I like Revenge of the Sith more. Plus, the choreography is sensational. Um, especially when they're both standing and just like, going like <laughs> how many times do we do that with with, with the wiffle ball bats? Oh yeah, we say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we do that a ton actually. I would say, I mean, I, I, the Mustafar sequence probably is stronger, and plus the set pieces and and changing in locations and really moving across the landscape, um, over the lava river, um, the ultimate ending. Um, but, but I mean, they both have just as they both have impactful endings with Qui-Gon getting killed and then obviously with uh, Anakin getting cut in half. <laughs> uh, but the, the, I, I love I really love the uh, the laser doors. That's that's. Oh, yeah. Like, that's great, man. Like the, the suspense in on Phantom that. Menace. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of elements to that fight that I think are really fantastic. Because then when Darth Maul gets Qui-Gon by himself, oh, yeah. Obi-Wan has to watch him die. It's really sad. It's tough, man. Become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. We have five different tiers of patronage. $2, $5, $10, $25, and $100. Every single patron, all of you, no matter what tier you're in, you have access to two weekly bonus episodes of Raiders of the Lost Podcast. One of them is just an extra bonus episode of a movie or a topic. The other one is the weekly chat, which is exclusively only on Patreon. No one else can listen to it except for patrons. I know a bunch of you probably miss it, for as little as two dollars a month, that's all you gotta pay. You get access to the weekly chat. Less every than week. a cup of coffee. Less than a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Seinfeld. Get sign up for Patreon. <laughs> what are you doing? It's only two dollars. Sign up for Patreon. <laughs> Less than a cup of coffee. What's the deal with the airline food? Uh, every perk, ha every tier has a bunch of different perks. The ten dollar tier gets you access to our Discord. Twenty five dollars, you get your own custom episode. Hundred dollars, it is the granddaddy chosen one package. You also get a private watch party. You get to come on the show for a fun guest segment. It is a sick time. So thank you so much to all of our patrons around the world. Sign up today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. This episode is also sponsored by our friends at movieposters.com. Use our promo code there to get 10% off your order today. They have a gigantic selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable in their poster library. They have a ton of of Star Wars posters, whatever part of the franchise you're a huge fan of, they got you covered. So if you need to get some Star Wars posters, head on over to MoviePosters.com and make sure you use our promo code RAIDERS10 at MoviePosters.com to get 10% off your order today. Let's move on to our next list. We got, <clears throat> ooh, this is a good one. Yeah. Best moments. So best moments in all Star Wars movies. And these aren't I, we specifically didn't do, like, duels because we have a whole list of duels and, like, lightsaber duels will take up a bunch of them. But these are just, like, best moments narratively from all of the films. And so... And they're all Jar Jar Binks. Amisa <laughs> 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 loves Star Wars. At <laughs> uh, number 13, we have Luke in the Cave in Empire, which I think is just a really fantastic sequence and showcases everything he's feeling visually. It's really cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> super, super cool. <laughs> <laughs> the Tatooine sunset in uh, New Hope. Excellent visual for the... I <laughs> just look at you like judging me. I'm, I'm, I'm smiling. I think you like your eyes squinted. Like what's he going to say? I'm just having a really good time right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then in Return of the Jedi... I mean, I'm sorry, Revenge of the Sith. We have the opera scene between Palpatine and Anakin where... Darth Plagueis. <laughs> yeah, it's a great dialogue scene. Um, hinting at who he truly is. It's the really, music really, in that sequence is great. Yeah. The Emperor's theme is just like slowly put into that for sure. It's then, like the first time we see great manipulation of oh, yeah, Palpatine. To pull on the strings. Yeah. It's really good stuff. Strings. Next up we have at the end of Return of the Jedi after Vader saved his son and brought peace to the Empire by killing Palpatine he finally takes off his 
mask, revealing his face to his son. It's a great moment. Yeah, he also killed like 18 billion people, but... Probably more. People forget about Probably that. More. <laughs> people don't forget. <laughs> You're like a really good father. Yeah, he changed. He's a changed man. Look at him. He just says he's sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Say that to my family. <laughs> Next up, we have... Luke's reveal at the end of Force Awakens, like it or not, it was shocking and the crowd erupted when they saw it. It was a really cool ending and sparked a lot of curiosity. And that's actually the another mystery box from Abrams for Force Awakens. I forgot 18 to mystery boxes so in Force mystery Awakens. Boxes. Next up, I think uh, one of the most powerful moments of the entire franchise is Luke returning home on Tatooine and discovering that his aunt and uncle have been murdered, uh, sparking this quest he will go on into his future, but it's really powerful. The tragedy, the grief, it's one of the most uh, impactful moments of the entire franchise. As Bill Belichick, coach of the Patriots, would say, that's some bulletin board material. <laughs> some motivation right Chip there. Chip on his shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we just uh, went out there and killed the entire rebellion and blew up the Death Star. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We, uh, yeah. We just have, yeah. we uh, tried to fight yeah. them with our lightsabers, and they fought us with their lightsabers. And no, yeah, we, yeah. Just, we just won the, won the battle. Nobody works harder than Luke. We, uh, we killed more <laughs> bad guys than they killed of good guys. So we're, 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 we're here to play football. Ball, right? <laughs> no, nobody works harder than Anakin. <laughs> Actually, I disagree. Anakin wants more than he deserves at times. All right, what do we got next? Next day, we have Order 66, that montage in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, it's really powerful. It's about four to five minute montage. John Williams scores really excellent. It really hammers home uh, the transition of the gal galaxy as, as well as the character of Anakin. Next up, we have Palpatine's reveal. And turning of Anakin all happening within the same few minutes. It's just basically one long scene. I think it's uh, probably my favorite part of uh, Revenge of the Sith. It's really powerful. Um, and Ian McDaird crushes the scene. And I thought it was just really a genius sequence and turn of events for the story. Brutal death for Mace Windu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Next up, we have Vader saves Luke's life by preventing Palpatine from killing his son and then throwing Palpatine down that fucking giant whatever you call like tower but i guess he survived somehow somehow anyways he's he's back next up we have han solo being frozen in carbonite an iconic part of the entire franchise and then we have which we mentioned earlier ray catching the lightsaber at the end of at the final act of force awakens really fantastic fist pumping moment a great moment for the character. <laughs> one of the highlights of that film. And then we have Obi-Wan and Anakin. Their entire sequence on Mustafar. Not not the battle specifically, but uh, the dialogue they have on the, the ship platform. And then the dialogue they have after um, Obi-Wan has incapacitated Anakin. Really powerful stuff and some of the best moments from the entire... You are the chosen one! You're supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them! I hate you! I hate you! Next up, we have Luke destroying the Death Star in A New Hope. Absolutely crowd-cheering moment. Highlight of the entire franchise, and it was an ending that catapulted Star Wars into its now resounding fame across the world. And then the best moment of all time in Star Wars, which we mentioned earlier, was Vader telling Luke that he was his padre. Amazing. I didn't know he spoke Spanish. I know. It's, it's actually Italian. Italian. Yeah. Padre. Padre. Um, Vader revealing this twist is one of the best moments just in narrative fiction in film, in t just the history of all twists. It's an all-timer, and just I think I can't think of a better moment in Star Wars, honestly. Yeah, it's tough to, it's tough to choose Like, imagine one. seeing that live. Yeah, I wonder. I think that... What do you got? Some like the best moments I can think of is the fir is the first time Vader suits up is pretty awesome, like when he at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the best moments for sure. Well, I actually and then put, the first time he takes his great moment, but then it was followed up by the one of the worst moments of all time. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> let's get <Bad> in. Let's get into worst moments. That's another list we have. <laughs> so I have Vader screaming of no is one of the worst moments. It's so cringe. And when you watch it on repeat viewings, it's like, ah, it's got it a little much. Kind of cheesy. Next up, Han Solo's death. I don't mind him dying, but I think the way he died 
Um, it just didn't work for me, and I think it was kind of like to do it in the first movie of the sequel trilogy didn't after destroying right. his character for yeah. a half hour to an hour just all around han solo in that film all around i think was just like a huge mistake and misstep and like loss of direction for who he was as a, as a character and just i mean it's one of the worst parts of the all of star wars i would say i think we all know <laughs> uh, next up worst moments would be recently added cgi never looks good always looks stands out and as kind of like an eyesore on the screen in a way Next up, we have, like I said earlier, too many mysteries in Force Awakens, which I listed off a few minutes ago. Then we have... That was like 20 minutes okay. ago. I knew you were going to say it something. It wasn't a few minutes. I knew you were going to say something. A few minutes ago, we were talking about best moments. My God, my God, my <laughs> God. Trying to keep you up to date of you know, where we're at in the episode. Like we said about 20 minutes ago, the next one is <laughs> Han Solo helping spark the rebellion. Complete bullshit. So dumb. I can't believe they, I can't believe they put it in that movie. Also, it was all his idea, man. <laughs> it was because of Han Solo. He was there at ground zero. Yeah, oh my God. Uh, next up, which I mentioned 22 minutes ago, uh, Han Solo's origin of his last name being Solo, I think was just like really lame and underwhelming as hell. Like, why even give him... Why Why does he need to have an origin? Why can't he just be already called Han Solo? I don't understand. And also the, the origin of the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. So, yeah, none of it worked. Then I would say Padme's death. Um, it could have been done better. I would say dying of a broken heart when you have two children that you should be loving as well it didn't really doesn't really work for me. I think if she had died physically from, I mean from the childbirth, but she really she died from a broken heart um, because of Anakin's turn to the dark side. So I would I, I don't fully buy that completely. I think that they could have done her death better. Well, I also see that I I'm under the theory that Palpatine uses his dark powers his his dark force powers to get the life force from Padme to Darth Vader to keep him alive as he's going through those surgeries. I mean, that's a great theory. I mean, it would have been nice if they actually said maybe that was what happened, but no, it's never been confirmed. I think they confirm it with episode nine. Okay, explain When to me. Kylo gives his life force to Rey to bring her back to life. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, he, you, from, from Rise of Skywalker, the way it's presented is you have to actually be touching the thing that you're healing. Yeah, but also when Palpatine is enticing Anakin to the dark side, he's talking about this power because he's afraid of his of of losing Padme to, and Padme dying, but he doesn't tell him that that life force has to come from somewhere. I again, I think it's just a theory. I think it's a it's a cool theory, and I think it makes sense. But I just don't think this it's never there's nothing concrete to confirm it at all. I asked George Lucas last <laughs> week. She's like, yeah, bro. <laughs> You're onto something, You're man. On, yeah. He's like, <laughs> don't tell anyone. He's like, how'd you figure it out? <laughs> you watched a couple YouTube videos, didn't you? <laughs> no, I just always, I, I never thought it was a broken heart. I just thought it was, because that's the whole point of Anakin trying to, go, going uh, to the dark side to save Padme's life. Yeah, yeah, I understand his motivation. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Move on. Salty. I'm not salty. salty. I'm I'm having a great time. <laughs> I really am. I'm, I, there's nowhere I'd rather be than with you doing this episode right now. <laughs> why don't you? Why don't you? I can feel it. Do the next one, dude. Worst moments is Ray killing Palpatine with the cross lightsabers. Didn't really make much sense to me. Maybe if she used her own force lightning, it would have worked. It would have been better. I think. I guess. Yeah. It's all right. She just like crossed them. She was like, "Oh, I got two now." Boom. It was it. It's like a... He seemed too powerful the way he was like literally destroying all of the ships in the air. Rey has all the Jedis inside of her, man. Okay, okay, okay. Next up, Jedi Super Speed showcased in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, and then... No, no, showcased in... It's Phantom Menace, right? Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon running, running super speed oh, yeah. in the ship and then never doing it again. It also doesn't look that good. It looks kind of silly. But also to show that and never use it again. Mm-hmm for the rest of the franchise. Then, uh, Ray and Kylo fighting that room of guards, the red guards. It looked cool the first time I watched it, but then on repeat viewings, you can clearly see that all the stunt performers are all just sitting back and taking their time, waiting for each turn to attack. And if you watch it again, it's super noticeable how much time they're taking and how like they're really all waiting and then they, they take turns, like, swinging at Rey and Kylo, and they're, like, not hitting it. Like, not even going near them. It's actually 
on repeat viewings, poor, like horribly choreographed. It's terribly choreographed. I agree. It's it, like, it's like a lot of the action sequences in the TV series on Disney yeah, Plus for yeah. Star Wars are really poorly choreographed yeah. as well. I, I I remember it thinking it was really cool when I first saw it in theaters, but then great uh, trailer shot yeah. as well. Oh yeah, for it sure. Great in the trailer. But then when you watch it, like if if you watch the clip on YouTube, you're like, I can't believe they actually filmed that. It just looks like the stunt performers not nothing against them. They're being told what to do with the blocking, but like. They're all just like waiting for Ray to come at them, or just like they're like barely even trying to. Or like she like kicks like three of them and didn't even touch any of them. Like in three of them, like fall back. It's just terrible choreography. And then that was it. Yeah, Han Solo's death. Next worst one. All right, how about we finish up with best action sequences? Non dueling. Oh, yeah. Non dueling. Oh, yeah. Non dueling. Yeah. So we have Luke rescues Leia. Jabba defeated. In Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Yeah, you know, Jabba I was in Revenge. <laughs> Sorry, the abbreviation threw me off. Yeah, because it says ROTJ. Yeah, Return of the Jedi. Return of the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Sorry, we did two episodes back to back. And Jabba's not in Revenge of the Sith. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Sixteen, bro. Luke rescue. It's the Starlight Pit. It's yeah, a great it's sequence. Sixteen. I would just wrote Starlight Pit battle. <laughs> Jabba defeated. <laughs> Jabba choked out. <laughs> I was just trying to use one word. He's like, we don't have much space on the Google Doc. Jabba choked out. <laughs> Maybe less letters than defeated. In <laughs> Maybe you just fucking move All right. on to the next one. Ray and Finn stealing the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, Love you, it. Yeah, it's a pretty good sequence. Yeah, it's great. Come yeah. on. When it, it, it like flips and yeah. it spins in the air. That's it's a really cool yeah, really chase. Fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Then we have Battle of Scarif in Rogue One, which is badass. Awesome battle. Really fantastic. And I love the uh, tropical beach setting. And then we have Battle of Crate in, which one's that? The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. You wrote TLD. <laughs> I'm now seeing I wrote J. TLD. I'm, TLD. Like, TLD. I'm like, what abbreviation is that for Star Wars? <laughs> how did I miss the, the last J- How did I miss the J key so badly? The Last to to Dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great battle. Uh, the cinematography is awesome. I love the production design of this white earth with a uh, red soil underneath it. Really fantastic. It, cool. looks re- it looks really cool. Yeah, when the racers are going by, yeah. it's awesome. The space battle in the opening of Return of the Jedi, which is freaking sick, the yeah. battle of Coruscant. I love that as well. Oh, One yeah. of the best parts of Revenge. Re- uh, Revenge. I mean, Re- Revenge oh, you're of good. The you're good. Sorry. <laughs> Speeder bikes on Return of the Jedi. Really cool. Filmed really in, cool. <laughs> filmed in Calvin's neck of the woods up in Eureka. Those oh, yeah. giant redwood trees. Incredible. We've explained in our episode on it how they filmed it with guys at Steadicams walking very oh, long yeah. distances with a high uh, frame rate and then slowed down. No, or it's a very up. slow frame rate. And then which, sped up. Yeah, and so the slow frame rate filming, and then they just put it to four, 24 frames per second. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what it was. Looks, I mean, it's aged, but it still is really fun to watch. Solid, yeah, yeah, I think it looks great still. Next up, we have the speeder bikes in. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> pod racing in the Phantom Menace. Stop laughing at me. Pod racing in Phantom Menace was Epic. awesome. We yeah. loved it when we were kids. We had it for, like I said, N64. They had a pod racing game. We're obsessed with it for a while, and I, I, that's such a fun sequence. Besides the big duel, it's the best part of Phantom. Yeah, without a doubt, I it's think so. really a show-stopping sequence. Let's see, we have the ATAT battle on Hoth. Great, battle. epic sequence, yeah. freaking badass. Yeah, it's, it's those terrific. things are terrifying. The Death Star run in Battle of Yavin, iconic. Yeah, obviously. And then Darth Vader, Rogue One, the ending of him oh, yeah. entering, boarding Padme's ship, and this qualifies as non-dueling because he's not dueling. With anyone, he's just killing so it's everybody. It's a non-duel. It's a massacre. So, yeah, it's like yeah. I think it, it, you guess it's is it number one? It's a massacre. I think it's number one. It's my yeah. favorite scene in the entire franchise. Yeah, I think it's so badass. Yeah, is that all of our list? That's our list. Oh, bro. Rankings. Wow. List. We were gonna do character rankings, but we were like, that's a whole lot. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, yeah. That, that's too many characters. Yeah. But yeah, we just want to do something fun for you all today on May fourth. Hopefully, uh, Star Wars yeah, you're still listening after hearing that we have Last Jedi at number five. It's crazy. How many corporations have their own holiday or their own day? It's not an official <laughs> holiday, but like it's like a it's a holiday, man. Well, so Disney has the Disney E23, whatever it is, and then they have also have Star Wars Day, and then that's it. Star Wars Day is just like it's crazy. Well, in a way, you could say like whenever there are like. 
there's like an Apple announcement. It's like their day, like where they announce. No, but this is the same day every year. Yeah, okay, that's that's true. So May fourth. They literally took over May fourth. Yeah, they like took it over. Yeah, that's crazy. A corporation just took a date. It's wild. But so, but it was taken over before it was Lucasfilm was celebrating it before Disney bought it, or I'm was sure, it after? Yeah, I'm sure. Was May after? the fourth has always been a thing. Yeah, May the fourth be with you. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty wild. It's a, it's, it's a great pun. Yes, it's, it's an all time pun. It's all timer. But thank you so much for tuning into our Star Wars Day May the Fourth episode. Hope you enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it got pretty silly. You got silly shooting the shit with Anthony over there and our uh, suspect but also passionate knowledge about Star Wars, which we've been watching since we were it's kids. Casual. Casual. I, it's more than casual. I mean, I've seen some of these movies like a dozen times. You doing something more than casual? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was in a relationship for like no, I'm kidding, eight I'm months, kidding. all right? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's over now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all alone. You got Juno. You, you guys cuddle the, today. During the day. Yeah, you get him in the afternoon. During the day. Um, anyways, but I don't want to be in a relationship with my cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be weird if that would yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that'd be it's weird. It's not exactly a replacement. <laughs> it's, not, maybe, it's not maybe, ideal. It sounds like it's fine for you. <laughs> He's just my son. <laughs> it's my furry son. We hope you have a wonderful day. I'm sure a lot of you are going to be watching Star Wars movies later tonight when you're home from school. We should from watch work, one. Whatever. Yeah, we should watch one too as yeah. well. Um, uh, we should just watch like Empire and just say, fuck Let's it. fucking do it. Fuck it. Um, or even Revenge of the, S- uh, the Sith would be sick. Yeah, either one. Yeah. Man. But uh, thanks so much for tuning in again. See you next time. This episode was executive produced by our chosen one patrons, Cody Moen, Andrew Hagen, Becca Keene, Benjamin Cook, Calvin Murphy Griggs, Nicholas Martin, Darian, Tyler McFly, and Sal Koching. Our Chosen One patrons are our biggest supporters. Thank you so much. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button as well, notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.